Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Hello. Joining us as well. <laughs> Matching that level of enthusiasm, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. I'm excited to be here, unlike some people. And our second of three hosts not being held to do the show against his will, though you may not know by the sound of all of them. All the way from Crashmere Church, New York, Tennessee, where the pastors will be younger. A topical greeting would be Cheerio. Ooh. Oh. Lee, tell us more. Why would that be a topical greeting? Well, uh, my friend Matt King and actually myself are leaving these wonderful shores of the United States of America and heading to the and UK. Really? The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. It's true. Wow. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Uh, do you guys have a sense of what all you're going to be doing while you're there? Uh, probably. I'm gonna find me one of them big hats. <laughs> it's really the only plan I've come up with so far. I'm I, apparently they that you. It's like you. It's like Long John Silver's, but they wrap it up in newspaper or something, and you can eat that. And uh, and also they have tea, but it's not sweet or iced. So. We can do that, but other than that, I don't really know what you do there. This is gonna be a sh- this might be a short episode because I almost threw up on myself just hearing the words "Long John Silver." Okay, Glenn, <laughs> that was rough. I'm certain you're with me. Yeah, I think it's time for us to declare an emergency, and it's a boringness emergency. It's a boringness emergency. Okay, boringness emergency on between hats, Way to sell it. <laughs> hats, fish, and tea. Right, I'm bored with this trip. Me too. I mean, good thing you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> That's a happy little coincidence. (laughs) I feel like you and I, I think we could come up with way better ideas for this trip. And the thing is, if they play out in the theater of our minds, they're just as good. Let me tell you what. We need to supersize this. Hit me. Uh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's first first of all. Glad to see you harness that enthusiasm from the intro. First, first of all, what you need to do is blend in with the natives. Okay, okay. not true. Now nobody Lee, likes the tourist who tries to blend in with the natives. Lee has. has Where can get, I get some chips and fish, Governor? Lee has given us his uh, British impression, right? Which is terrible, right? Okay, right. You, you have Cambridge Jed. Sure. Oh, that's not the only one I got. Celebrated. Well, but it's oh, British, gosh. right? And we've heard from actual British people that they buy the accent of Absolutely Cambridge right. Jed, which it disturbs them deeply, much like regular <laughs> Jed. <laughs> okay, now here's what I'm gonna. Uh, this is for our UK listeners. Okay, hit me. I am going to say one word in a British accent. Okay. Okay. To show. Matt. Matt. How to fit in. Okay. Don't and want to and fit this in. is what it is. I'm going to give you a Sheffield accent. Not going to Sheffield wouldn't fit in. I'm going to say the word Sheffield in a Sheffield accent. Let's hear it. Sheffield. It's very impressive. You do that. Sure, that was very Dick Van Dyke. Boom. You're in there. Very impressive. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? They're going to be like, whoa, he's he's one of the natives there. Yeah. Uh, which, will make, which will affect your trip how? 
Well, you know, uh, you know that they'll think you're one of the natives. So when you start asking for directions, they'll think you're really stupid. <laughs> that, what you know, then then you get into the pub, right? You know, and you now you're in the mix, right? Sure. Then when and, you go home to a hotel, they think you're some kind of transient. And they <laughs> awesome. They think I'm a native. They, you know. Now here's another tip. Hey, man, I got a lot of travel tips. Yeah, yeah. They play football right. all wrong. Right. They they never pick it up. Right. Never run with it. I think they, they use their hands soccer. in the football. They don't even throw it. Right. They don't use their hands in that football at all. I mean, they don't. They you balls know, they, all round shaped. There isn't even the uprights. Absolutely. You know what I'm I don't. It's crazy. Yes. You know, I when I was over there because I went over there. Right. And they got it on the TV. I said, "What down is this?" Right. No idea. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So they they got it's very American of you, Glenn. It's very it's all very confused. Make right this there. so I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I think we, we it, before this trip can be a success, we gotta we gotta supersize it. Absolutely, that was a lot of setup just for you to show off your Sheffield accent. Sheffield, that <laughs> word, dude. What if you're from Sheffield? You're like, dude, that you nailed that. I have no doubt that's true, mm. and that leads to the next thing: mm. kids don't do crack. But that leads. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a movie quote. <laughs> that leads to the third thing. Right. Here's the third thing. Right. I can only assume these fellas are going to Hogwarts while they're there. Okay, it's over there. You got to go to the th- secret train. I think station. you got to get right. to enchantments and whatnot. And that's uh, that's tricky stuff, right? You got to have like a giant dude, I think, somehow, right? And there's like a wardrobe. Man, if we if we get like a Glenn hole in the back of the wardrobe, talking on Harry Potter, things are gonna get bad real quick. That's actually true. Glenn yeah. has a history of offending the Harry Potter fans. They, they got uh, Mr. especially the one I'm married to. They yeah. got Mister Tumness over there at the Hogwarts. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, you put on your ring so you're invisible. That's right. And then you go through that wardrobe, and then you got that Hogwarts train. Exactly right. Right. And then <laughs> all the things. Then you got to have the right uh, scarf on. I know that. You got to have the right scarf, or man. Whatever to tell them how it goes. Oh, so down. it's like Nashville. And you, <laughs> you, you get your little wand and you you, you, you wave it around and say, uh, hiddly fiddly and that kind of deal. Just like that. And that shows them that you're down. But I feel like they could probably, if you did all that, you did the hiddly fiddly, you could probably like sit in on a class or two at Hogwarts right, while you're there. Right. Get an audit Hogwarts. That's what I'm talking about. Pick up a few tips. <laughs> it feels like a pretty private institution. I know the, the English are a little, uh, little protective of that. Uh, you know, I think you could. I think you fit. I mean, you know, Lee would definitely be in Slytherin House, but uh, you know, wow. we got to do. We got to do. What we got to do. Jed dropping wow. his one bit of Harry Potter knowledge. Boom! Boom! That and happened. Right now, while listening to it, his wife is in the car. Thinking about what a fraud he is. <laughs> well, Here's also, the thing. A man who did not go willingly to any of those movies. How's he just going to throw down on me being in Slytherin like that? Because he, d- he doesn't know what it means. Yeah, it's completely true. I ha- have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but here's the thing, because I'm cool. Uh, but here's the thing is... Uh, well, I was talking about how you spent a whole day in the British Museum, cool guy. Let me tell you what. Ooh, the, I got down in the British Museum. I'm going to, we, too, but I don't pretend to be cool. Here's the thing. Is when you get over there now. See, you're gonna you gonna want to walk silly. That I know. You you want to mix <laughs> in with him. Now you go over to Buckingham Palace and you right. ask him. You know, is the queen? <laughs> is she around? And right. you pronounce it Buckingham Palace. So <laughs> you're serious. And uh, it. But here's the thing: you don't want to go home in empty-handed, right? If they say, well, you know, she's busy, which probably she is. She's right. she's got a lot going on. Right. You got to be understanding about that. Right. Do you say, 
Uh, you know what? Is Lady Gaga yet? Done. Because then uh, not British. She's royalty. <laughs> It's it's royalty. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You got that's the whole point. Well, you could go there. You could see Prince, right? I mean, I assume that's where he's at. Minnesota. Sure, be. Minnesota. Uh, to say uh, uh, the cleansing it, waters of Lake Minnetonka. Uh, the, <laughs> that was it, not Lake Minnetonka. Is the Prince in? Is the Prince here? You know, and he'll come out and no, and, not that one. The good one. The good one. The, the guitar you know, one. Right. Right. You know, and then you know, Prince Philip could play guitar. You don't know. <laughs> Because what it is is he plays I, in a very sharp sport coat. I assume that it's like a it bingo. Says nasty things that about all Greeks. the ones you meet, you check them off, right? And then you win a prize or something. Well, you win Britain if you right. do it right. You win Britain. Can you go now? That's what Cromwell did. Or for him, <laughs> I bingo. They, well played. I assume they offer tours too. Like you can go, you go over to MI6 and meet James Bond. Gotta be hang out, meet Q, try right. all the cool gadgets. That's and stuff. the thing. That's yeah. the thing. You know what? Try out. Yes. See if uh, you you could be a double O agent. (laughs) Now, of course, nothing would make the the nation of the United Kingdom declare war on the U.S. faster than a white dude from the South trying to try out for the role of James Bond. But but here's here's what I'm saying though is I mean Matt is really the only hope on this podcast to be a double O agent. Oh, that's true. Because. Uh, I mean, the rest of us are married, and you can't right. really be a married dude because there's all the you know the romance and the intrigue and whatnot, Definitely. you know, with the ladies. Definitely. But I feel like how can Matt be so selfish to not even try to be a double O agent, right? When the rest of us would have so much fun with that occurring. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Well, I think that's absolutely right because uh, you had to get in the mix and and show them how because all this time. They think they're better at secret agenting than anybody. Exactly right. Because they invented it and are better at it. Okay. So we go over there and we show them how to do. Exactly right. You know what I mean? Exactly right. You got to be smooth. Because nobody's better at being covert and chill than Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how y'all doing in here? You 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 show Picking up the local culture, as we've been experiencing right here in this conversation. I'm going to tell you this, and and I'm telling you for free, shaken, not stirred. Okay? Boom. That's how they do it. Yeah. If you know that, what else is there? Exactly right. Martini, shaken, not stirred. Boom. James Bond in this whole piece. Exactly right. You know what Matt could do? He could what? take that, what is it, like the Walther PPK or whatever. It's the uh, James Bond. You could take that, but you could do the kill shot where you hold it to the side. You, that's like the fresh you, American you could, style. You could hold it to the side so that when you pull the trigger and the, and the bullet leaves the chamber, the chamber, and then it ejects the shell, then it would eject the shell directly back into your face. Which is the cool way to do it. Like an for American. A, for a man with a lot of uh, fanciful ideas about Hollywood was seeing, there are some things Glenn's a real stickler on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the way people hold pistols in movies is one of them. Here's what I'm no, saying. No, please talk more about me taking guns before I go on several international flights. That's great. Gun, 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 gun. I think that's uh, somebody's uh, presidential campaign song now. <laughs> Scott Walker's campaign song. No, I, I think you, what, what you do is you try and blend in. You know, no. what I mean? you try and show them you know how to do. Right. I'm not going to try to blend in. Bringing my bald eagle swim shorts. And <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Let's just list things they don't bring them do a Ford in T-shirt. Let's list the things they don't do in England right. that they do here. Right. 
A, they've never heard of a jet ski, so no, forget that's about true. it. That's no. American. That's totally American. Okay, so don't Nothing even... is American as a Yamaha jet ski. So don't say, hey, y'all, let's go jet skiing. And don't say freedom, right. because that's only in America. It's only in America, y'all. All right. Liberty is American. I'm always right. afraid this, bits like this are going to get us more <laughs> listeners, but not the listeners we want. <laughs> freedom isn't free, y'all. Yeah, think about that. Okay. That's the kind of talk they're not used to over there. <laughs> you no, will lay not. that down, they're going to be like, whoa, you know what? You're right. Sure they will. You find Boris Johnson, you tell him that. Free man, free. Okay. Bada boom. Boom. Yeah. Look, I think we've constructed a way better trip. You know what? I, th- th- I'm just going to say this because I feel it in my heart. I feel we should be on this trip instead. Wow. Well, as consultants, if nothing else. At least because we know how to do it. Look, we would have the common decency and sense to go there and ask, where's Charlie's Chocolate Factory? I want right. to go check it out. I, you know, I want Not to... in England in the movie. movie really? takes entirely place in America. You not notice that every character in that movie is American? Dude, I totally thought that was in England. <laughs> I don't know. Noted Englishman Gene Wilder. <laughs> Willy Wonka. Let me tell you what. He's no For real? He, he's, everybody's he's, American. He's American, and I tell you, he's nowhere near the great British actor Dick Van Dyke. Sure, that famous Cockney actor. So he was Dick in that Van Dick Van Dyke. Van Dyke show. He hid that accent well. He really did. So when we're over there, we should just carry like chimney sweep stuff and just burst into song. Well, I yeah. do both of those anyway. Yeah, hello, governor. That kind of, you know, that will show them you... Chim Chim Cheru and whatnot. Right. The, the 1971 Gene Wilder version plot from Wikipedia, in an unnamed European town, children go to candy shop after school. European, right. not American. Not American. <laughs> European is not British either. That's a different landmass. It's all the same thing because I am American and I just won podcast. And on that basis, I declare emergency off. Emergency <laughs> off. Remember, it's trousers, not pants. Don't, that pants mean something else. That means something else. That's Don't talk about I, ironing your pants. They'll think you're weird. That's that's how that's how it is, man. Absolutely. I feel I you know, I, I just I, I just all I'm saying is I don't think this trip is gonna measure up to what you and I have conceived of. Clearly not. So we're just gonna have to pray for these brothers. You know, let's just hope that goes well. But we do I have heard early rumors of uh exciting meetup possibilities happening in london with the amazing super fans so hopefully Don't that mention comes that together on this episode because this one will come out after i've taken off oh time shifted medium so what you're saying is, <laughs> uh, nope nope not saying that Bridgebox. we're, we're recording eight dollars a month mission.com slash bridge sport ministry behind bars on the street well, get lots of good stuff for yourself music <laughs> there it is sermons devotionals <laughs> guest devotionals by your CCM artists, your published authors, lots of good stuff. It's beamed into Mission the Mission USA.com slash Bridgebox. 
We're it's not out. happening that because other people listen to it at another time. You right. see what I'm saying? We're gonna move on to our first question here. Even anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways to get in touch with us. Our first question says <laughs> I feel like I always end up isolated and it's due to my own selfishness. Okay. Makes me think I'm just unwilling to submit and walk in the spirit and I'm just serving myself. I feel selfish, cowardly, and altogether just guilty. Any advice? Thank you. Jed, why don't you start us off? Well, buddy, I'm really sorry you're feeling that way. That's um, rough. Um, it sucks, man. I appreciate you writing into us. And, and I'm again, I'm just so sorry you're going through such a rough time. Um, it sounds to me like you might be kind of riding a, a, literal, a little bit of a roller coaster of emotion here. And uh, that's probably not helping your situation. Uh, that's that's probably not helping you sort things out. I, I want to suggest something to you, which is, as much as you can, to you know, uh, go for a walk and clear your head and give yourself a few minutes, and and then do an experiment in your brain. Set aside feeling guilty and selfish and cowardly and and all that. Just set all that aside for a second, and and ask, think through if you could construct the exact life that you want for yourself, anything you want. What would that life look like? What, what would you do? Um, who would you hang out with? How would you dress? Where would you go? How would you spend your time? What kind of hobbies would you have? But don't worry about right or wrong. Just this is the kind of life that I, that I would like to have for myself. Now, here's the thing um, that I'd really have you think about is what's actually standing in the way of that kind of life for you? Um, and, and I mean concrete stuff. I don't mean, well, I'm selfish and cowardly, and so that's standing in the way. I don't mean that. I mean... Well, I'd love more than anything to be a doctor, um, but I'd have to go to medical school to be a doctor, so I guess that's what's standing in the way. I'm talking about that kind of, there's actual roadblocks in the way. If we can find those, then there's one more question, which is, what's the one next step towards that life that you want? In other words, if it's, um, you know, you know, really, I've always wanted to be a doctor, and but you know, I have to go to medical school first. And you know, maybe you're in high school right now, so maybe the one next step is I actually need to take biology, and I need to you know take it seriously, and you know, so that I can you know go on to college, and I can go on to medical school and whatnot. And then here's the last piece. I, I wonder if we don't want to start putting some energy and attention into taking the one next step that's going to lead towards the life that you want. Here's why I say all that. All of this stuff about thinking about how selfish and terrible and bad you are, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. It, it, it feels like if I just meditate on how selfish and cowardly and bad I am, it's like I'll wake up one day and I'll just be different and then we can move forward in life. It just doesn't work that way. Right. It absolutely, positively doesn't work that way. You, this is a guess. I'm guessing that you've had other people in your life tell you that you are selfish and that you are cowardly. And let's see what else here. Unwilling to submit definitely sounds like something you've heard other people say to you. Just serving yourself sounds like something you've heard other people say to you. And the thing is, we, we do need to confront and deal with the stuff that you either believe about yourself or certainly, I would guess, have been told about yourself. But we also need to build a life worth having, man. Um, it, it sounds like part of what's going on here is you've, you've had some people tell you some negative stuff about yourself, and maybe you're living in to what they've said about you a little bit. Yeah. Um, we, if that's the case, we need to change the way that we're living. We need to figure out the kind of life that, that, that we would like to have, the kind of life we'd be excited about, and start taking steps in the direction of living that life. You'll find your emotions are, will change as you 
take steps towards that kind of life. What we can't do is first wait for our emotions to change and then take steps. We got to take steps first. And that's what I want to urge you to start thinking about doing is figuring out some steps that you can take. That's absolutely right. Um, Again, this does kind of all sound like stuff that's been put on you from the outside, and it's it's all on a slant. It has a very manipulative sense because, on one hand, self-focus is destructive, but on the other hand, um, feeling guilty about self-focus is self-focus, right, Glenn? Yeah, that's um, you're you're pretty uh, self-focused about your selfishness, which is meta-selfishness, and congratulations, you have unlocked <laughs> new selfishness. You uh, you may uh, you're you're on your way to becoming a singularity, but. Um, I'm looking at, you know, when 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 um, we try and solve people's problems uh, and try and help them work through what they're struggling with, we often hear things like this. You're isolated, selfish, unwilling to submit, trying to walk in the spirit, serving yourself, but yourself is cowardly, altogether guilty. There's a laundry list of things happening here. But what we want to look at, uh, to give you a little insight into how we approach these things is I'm looking at is uh, is uh, Jed's s- suggesting to the to positive you know find the one next step that would lead you in the positive direction I'm looking at what is the one key thing that's the 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 common denominator here the thing that's part of the problem on all of these different things that you mentioned and the thing that jumps out to me is the cowardice yeah because here's the thing about cowardice is it is one of those sins that we as Christians or within the, the, the culture, uh, cultural Christianity uh, give an almost total free pass to cowardice. It's, it runs rampant within the church. I think it's super ugly and awful as a sin. I, there's just, there are sins that I get that I understand that I'm, you know, that I know I'm so guilty of myself I can't look down on other people about uh, but but cowardice is one of those things where I, I I can't help but look at it and say almost every problem that's happened to me in my life where someone's inflicted pain on me has been a cowardly moment. Yeah, you know, it's hard to be understanding about it. It's hard to be. It, it's hard to be. Uh, it, it's it's hard to sort of brush past it and look at all these other things. And the interesting thing is when we look at cowardice, when we really start to unpack it, um, some of these other things start to make sense. One of the things you say is you feel like you you always end up isolated. So here's the thing. If um, uh, uh, we form relationships and, and bonds with each other uh, by developing a sense of loyalty and a sense of intimacy... Uh, and a sense of trust. We feel like we can trust this other person in relationship. If the person I'm dealing with is a coward, by definition, I cannot trust them. Therefore, by definition, that person with the cowardice will end up isolated, exactly the way that you're saying here. Um, you know, this this uh, beating yourself up uh, from selfishness, that's a cowardly thing. Uh, you're looking at... Um, unwilling to submit you can't submit without courage if you're in a cowardly position you're always going to be looking to to uh, do your own thing you're not walking in the spirit that that requires total courage to do that Uh, i'm only serving myself and that's what cowardice is is it's about i got to do for me first right now i got to look out for my own uh selfish uh, uh, uh concerns or what have you 
So I think so that cowardice runs throughout it. And here's the good news on that, is we can go to God and, and ask for courage. Courage Absolutely. is a godly virtue. It comes from God. Uh, God uh, promises uh, in his word that we can receive courage from him. Uh, all we need to do is ask for it and open our heart to it. I think a courageous man looks at uh, not only these things that you claim you have a struggle with, but to Jed's point, a courageous person hears the outside criticism in a little bit of a different way. Totally. And maybe with a little more discernment and a little bit less drama and emotions, if you see what I'm saying. Courage has a way of helping you stand your ground and think things through rather than being, you know, kind of knocked off your square uh, quickly. So I, I think that's the main thing I would zero in on. I think that's a really good point. Um, it goes to the, the idea of this kind of treating yourself harshly is this idea of kind of, um, I got to be super hard on myself, and that's how you get yeah. results, but uh, that's actually not particularly Christian or Jesus-y, right, Lee? Yeah, absolutely. I think one important question when you when you start evaluating yourself is to ask, who says? Yeah. So if you are, um, if you're guilty, well, who says? Is if, like, to Jed's point from earlier, if this is coming from the outside, who tells you that you are selfish and, you know, self-centered and guilty and all of these awful things? Because, you know, as a person who knows Jesus, one of the things is that Jesus says that you are completely and utterly righteous. You are totally forgiven. You are a child of God. You are... You are wanted, you are treasured, you are his very own. Um, you are prized above everything on the earth. You were the joy that was set before him when he endured the cross, scorning the shame. It's like, you need to get a hold of this who says idea. When it comes to defining yourself, let Jesus define who you are and the things that are true about you and 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 be kind to yourself. I mean, one of the things that you don't want to do is to be harder on yourself than Jesus is. Yeah. Um, if, if Jesus says, you know what, I've settled all your debts and you and I are good um, and you are no longer guilty. And that is true of you forever and ever. Amen. If he says that, then you need to let that be the final word. And anybody else that has a problem with it, well, uh, who cares? Um, because every, every viewpoint of me, I'm going to say who says about it. And if it's, and if Jesus says something different than you're saying, then you can take a hike. Um, and, and you need to start evaluating yourself in that way instead of letting the, uh, instead of letting the valuation of who you are be determined by people who have a bad attitude or by people who see things differently than the Lord does. Even if that person starts out being yourself, I think that's where a lot of people's insecurities and stuff come from is that I, you know, I'm looking down on myself because I think that's the holy way to see myself, to have a bad attitude about myself. I'm letting other people write the script of who I am Mm -hmm. and what I'm worth. When Jesus says something completely and utterly different, you need to let him have the final word. And part of that starts by asking this question. Well, who says? Yeah. Who, who says yeah. that I'm guilty? Who says I'm selfish? Who says I'm not worthy of this or that or the other thing? Start there. That's absolutely right. Um, again, we, we, have, we don't know your situation. We don't know where you're getting these messages. We have some strong guesses based on stuff we've seen. I mean, there's some language here that makes, that makes it seem like this is um, 
a pastor or a book author or somebody kind of putting this on you. There's this idea that's supposed to be super spiritual that's as Lee did a great job lining out there, is actually countered everything in the Bible, that if you have negative things in your life or negative mindsets or struggle with something, probably because you're so sinful. Yeah. <laughs> probably stop being so sinful. You say, okay, I, I always end up isolated. Okay, that's a that's a real problem, and that's uh, certainly something we want to deal with. But to say it's probably because I refuse to submit and walk in the spirit. No, yeah, probably not. Yeah. There's plenty of people who refuse to submit and walk in the spirit. They're surrounded by people all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. So we clearly don't have a one to one correlation there. And a little bit of what this does is ends up what we have here is a certain amount of spiritualizing a non spiritual problem. Yes. yes. There may be a spiritual problem at the core of this here. There may be, and actually. Pardon me. Seeing yourself in a much harsher view than Jesus does is a spiritual problem. That's actually probably the spiritual problem at the core of this. And we say, you know, I get really, maybe I get really insecure and I tend to isolate myself or I get hyper-focused on work or whatever and I can look up and gone two weeks without hanging out with anybody. That's all a problem that has a very real impact on your spiritual life. It's not really a spiritual problem. It might be a scheduling problem. It might be a... Um, time management problem. It might be a just kind of personality problem. We got to smooth some rough, rough edges off there. But if you say, well, I always end up like I feel like, like I feel like I'm isolated. Let's just look at that. Look at the isolating as the problem. Don't look for a deeper spiritual problem. Okay. Maybe we'll find something there. But let's just look at things you can do about that. And the number one is if you want to know you're doing something with people and know you're doing something that you know can't be selfish, the good news about church or Christian stuff anyway, is there should be a lot of ways to do something about that. You can help out with the children's ministry. You can go down to the soup kitchen. You can do any number of things. Even take out a Christian home. You can go to the animal shelter. You can just do something that helps somebody. You'll be around people. There'll be other people doing that. And you will be solving all your problems at once. Yep. And it, none of it had to do with how dirty a little sinner you are. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you start solving your problems without focusing on maybe I should fix the fact that I'm a dirty little sinner, that opens up a whole new world of solving problems as they come up. That's a pretty powerful place to be. All right, move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously on our Tumblr, and it says, I'm almost 30 years old, and I'm still single. I go to church, read my Bible, pray every day and night. However, God has not answered my prayers. I feel like he created me to be bored and alone. I don't understand why he wants me to live in loneliness. I'm wondering if God will hear my prayer and send a partner to me. Glenn, why don't you start us off? Send a partner Be nice. to you, you say? <laughs> Be nice to the people, Glenn. Well, I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's... I did not set you up well. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I make Glenn go first for my own amusement. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Uh, bless your heart. Um I think we just have uh, fundamentally a, a a problem in the way that you see how this is going to unfold. Well, could that not uh, kind of relate back to what we were talking the last question, kind of, oh, you have bad things in your life, it's because you're uh, super naughty. Is there a certain amount of, you know, once you uh, achieve a certain amount of prayer points, somebody will just show up at your door? Absolutely right. And I think there's also a practical reality in that it's just hard to meet somebody that you click with that, that sure. just it takes time it's it sure. takes uh, circumstance you know that we can't rule that out and it's, once you're out of kind of high school and college you're not surrounded by thousands of people your own age anymore no question that's why it's a much more preferable thing to get that done while you're in high school and college hmm but the thing is when, when, you, when you sing it they can still hear you yeah here's the thing is that it's important to recognize that there's a, a, an element of this where you can do everything right, and still it will take some 
uh, amount of time. So that's we have we have to be understanding about that part. Here's the thing. Let me try and give you an, an analogy. Is kind of completely outside this picture. Um, we were working with a, a young lady in uh, the neighborhood. She'd gone through a lot of struggles. She managed to get a job. It was the first real actual steady job that she's ever had. Uh, ends up uh, in a very dysfunctional family situation and getting kicked out on the streets. Uh, we find a shelter for her to go to. Very uncomfortable, very unpleasant place, but she goes there anyway. Well, bless her heart, she gets robbed of her money from this from this uh, a paycheck that she had from her work. Um, not an entirely unusual thing to happen in places like that, but what are you going to do? So Jane and I talked, and I said, well, just, you know, cut her a check for whatever it is, and we'll we'll just cover it. This, you know, this is what we, you know, we're working with her, we're helping her out. She did all the right things. Uh, it's not an astronomical amount of money here. Let's just get her back on her feet. Okay, so... Um, well, uh, Jane wasn't physically able to get it to her, so uh, she put all of that into an envelope and taped it to the front door of our house with the young lady's name on it. So that it, uh, in order for her to get that, she had to walk from where she works, which is about a mile, maybe a mile and a quarter away, in order to, to access it. The, the, this is the kind of image I want to put into your mind in terms of God trying to bless you. There's an intention. He sees what's going on with your situation. There's a desire to bless you. There's a, a, a circumstance that he's set up a certain kind of way, but that will involve you walking your narrow behind from the place where you at to the place where it is to access it. <laughs> That doesn't mean that you worked to achieve it. It doesn't mean that you um, earned it at all. But it does mean you participated in the process. You participated in the process. Which does not cheapen the process. It does not make it unspiritual. It does not make it unspiritual. It does not make it unholy. It does not stop it from being a fairy tale. It does not stop it from being the romantic, magical, uh, uh, Disney princess, or any of that. You're supposed to participate in the process. If you aren't participating in this process actively, this is an unhealthy relationship. It's not supposed to be one-sided. You're you're both supposed to be participating. So I think that's where we need to start is for you to recognize if if you're in a passive waiting kind of mode because of these, these ways of thinking, we need to give you a vision for the right thing is for you to be actively engaged and move forward. That's absolutely right. Lee, how about you? Well, the thing that I would say on this is when, when you, in, in the question you say, um, in the question you say, I feel like God made me to be bored and alone. And what I would say on that is, uh, of course, you know, the Lord did not make you to be bored and alone. The fact that, that the boredom and the, the loneliness are bothering you so much is, it's, it's, this is part of the Lord saying to you, this is not what I want for you. I want something dif- different for you. And what I would say is, you know, Glenn's exactly right. You've got to become part of the process of meeting this, you know, of meeting the guy. But but while we're getting there, why don't we deal with the boredom and aloneness just in the rest of your life? And what I mean by that is, why don't you just have some time with some, have some other gals over to your house, um, make some brownies, turn on the Downton Abbey or whatever it is, and just hang out. 
Um, get some people in your life and initiate those hangouts. Um, you know, going to the coffee shop together, going to the movies, and then getting some dessert afterwards. Let's deal with. Uh, you know, it feels like there's a there are a lot of big problems going on in this question, and one of them, like Glenn said, it, you know, it, it it might take some time to try on some, you know, try some different dates and and find a guy that you click with and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, with uh, with with you know other believing gals and other you know guys and gals at your church, we can deal with the bored and alone thing right now. So you can yeah. start serving in some way. You can start serving in some ministry where you'll find some friends. You're praying together. You're on a mission together. You're pointed in the same direction. You can get some friends over to your house, initiate those hangouts, and we can deal with the boredom and the loneliness immediately as we start to make steps towards the right kind of dating relationship. That's absolutely right. And uh, sometimes I try to read off our uh, notes the guys send here and give a little uh, transition but Jed has really only put one thing in the notes, and I don't want to rob him of the ability to say it. So, Jed, what about you? <laughs> well, look, uh, here's the key thing that's really important is we're so sorry that you're feeling lonely and terrible. Yeah. Um, it, um, this didn't happen by accident. Um, you know, uh, the, the truth is if you're 30 years old today, you grew up in a church culture that was toxic. Yeah. Um, yep. And that lied to you about dating and about yes. romantic relationships and about marriage. And I'm so sorry that happened to you. The people and have written a lot of those books have recanted. They didn't give any of the money back, but yeah, they recanted. That's completely true. It's factually accurate. Uh, we're sorry this is where you're at. Uh, we, mm. we, we really, really are. And, and we're praying for you. We love you. We, we feel you. We stand with you. And we respect that it's not going to be easy. We don't want to make it. We don't want to sound trite like you just do ABC and then problem solved. We know it's a tough absolutely, problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's here's something I want you to think about because uh, I think Glenn and, and Lee have really they've covered the mechanics of this already. This what I'm about to say it relates to our last question. I think it actually relates to our next question as well. Barring very rare exceptions, if you want different results in your life, you got to do different things. Right. Yeah. Let me say that again. Barring very rare exceptions, if you want different results in your life. You got to do different things. If you want it 180 degrees different, you got to act 100 degrees different in your life. Man. No question about it. Now, that sucks because that involves a lot of change. It involves a lot mm-hmm. of scary stuff that's mm-hmm. uncomfortable and weird. And believe me, no one hates change more than me. Right. Um, right. I, Man, do I not like to do things differently. But if you want to see life go, go different, you got to do something different. Um, you know, every once in, in, in a while, every once in a blue moon, including in the Bible, God's instruction to people is don't change anything. Just wait. That right, does happen. Right. That's right. It's actually not super often. Right. And God does that sometimes in our lives. But you would want to double, triple check that yes. um, before you decided that was the Lord's word to you. Yes. I mean, like three different pastors and I'm reading the Bible all day, every day. And Put asking, out a fleece, do what you got to do. Exactly right. Because <laughs> most of the time. The vast majority of the time, if we want something different, we got to do something different. Before you, if you want to go on a date, we can hook that up right now. You can get on eHarmony or Match.com or any of those kind of things. You can find somebody to go out on a date with. That doesn't mean it'll be a great date. It probably won't be. Um, But it will be a date. It will be something. It will... It will be a, a step on that journey. The thing, I think, Daron, this is what I would close is the, the place where we get in trouble is when we want the result without the process. My guess is you say, I'm 30 years old and I'm still single. I have a feeling, I could be wrong. You write in and tell me if I'm wrong, but I have a feeling you've been on very few dates in your life. You right. write in and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but if that's the case, 
you can't skip the dating process and jump straight to being married. Yeah. Right. And I think that's part of what you've got in your mind. You say, God will send me a partner. Right. The idea is right. we'll mm-hmm. go from where we are right now and then just we'll kind of wake up and be married. It, it's almost certainly not going to work that way. And you don't want it to be that way. You don't want it to be that way. It wouldn't be healthy. Mm-hmm. You almost certainly are going to need to go through a process of going on dates, some of which will super duper suck, but you then will get together with your girlfriends and you will laugh about it and joke yep. about it and you know yep. what, a, what a moron that guy was mm-hmm. and whatnot. It will turn into something good, but we have to submit ourselves to the process and get yep. in the motion of the process and be a part of the process and not be afraid of or resent the process because mm-hmm. not only is the destination mm-hmm. good there's actually joy to be found in the process and we don't want to see you cheat yourself out of that and neither does the lord yeah that's absolutely true another thing i would look at i think um our i think the boredom and loneliness are kind of um co-problems here yeah mm-hmm. and the the thing about that is i know you don't believe me when i say this because it kind of feels like the opposite but if god just um made a suitable partner show up at your doorstep tomorrow you wouldn't be ready for that yes and it wouldn't fix the boredom or the loneliness in any yeah. real way cuz i have a feeling as just saying you right in and tell me if i'm wrong i'm happy to be wrong that there's just not a lot going in your on in your life in general and then we add the loneliness on top of that, which sucks. Don't get me wrong. But the good news about that is you can start doing something about the boredom and the loneliness right now. Yeah. And then that's going to, as we talk about it, it's a long process. It can be a long process. It's certainly a multi-step process to kind of get involved in an act, being active in your own romantic life, especially if, as we guess, you've heard some uh, jacked up things and kind of been through uh, the ringer on that. But, if you are bored and lonely, and that's you to the point where you just feel like possibly that is your natural state, that God created everyone else in the universe for a purpose and for vibrancy and for life, that they came that they might have life, have it to the full, except you, except Cindy. Yes. Oh, uh, every time we do the, the real name thing, I, I just feel it's somebody. I f- can feel someone in the audience having a real out of body experience. <laughs> but exactly, How do they right. know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but when you get so deep into that, you pro- you may not have a life going on right now that anyone who you would want to be partnered with would want to be part of. Yeah, that's totally true. So as we as you step out, as Lee's saying, if you find some things to volunteer, if you find some hobbies, if you start getting happy in your own life, start get building some community that's not even talking about dating yet, just some totally non-romantic, just friends, church culture stuff, then you will not only be happier in general – you will be in a much better place to actually pursue a relationship and have some people respond to that. Because if you had the, if you, let's say you're sitting down and write your eHarmony profile and you just decide to be super, you, you know, you take some sodium pentothal beforehand and you say, well, I'm really bummed out about my life and I don't do anything fun and I don't feel like there's any purpose in life. Would you like to come in and be the person I think will fix that? <laughs> no. No. Well, you wouldn't want the guy that would say yes to that. Yeah, that's dang true. You Absolutely. don't want the dude who thinks that's right. But if you say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm coming out of a hard time. But again, we wouldn't be clear on this. You shouldn't be entirely honest on your online dating profiles. No. There's you're no you're ex- putting your best foot forward. There's an expectation you're putting your best foot forward. So if you don't do that, people will assume whatever you put out there is your best foot. Yeah, that's right. So it'll be worse than this. You say, you know what? I've been through a hard time lately, but I'm on here because um, I've decided I'm going to. I'm going to take an active role in my own life. And I started with the rock climbing club and I started knitting and I'm helping out with the thing at church and, you know, life's, you know, I'm having a hard time, but life's pretty good that, that, that we can work with. That's I have a lot to, to offer to a really good man. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's something 
you if you are not excited about your life, you can't expect anyone else to be excited about yeah. being a part of your life. Yeah. Right. So the good news is that gives you some things to do. And if you like if you're sitting around doing nothing and hating life, doing anything is a step up. Yep. So yeah. we're at a good we're at a good place to start around. And every one of us this podcast has been in that place. Don't yep. get us wrong. We're not judging, we're rolling down on you. It's actually an it's an easier thing to get forward momentum on than you may think. So and those little steps will lead to big things down the way. All right, so nice. jump to the last question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, I'm very insecure. Everything I do is wrong. Oh. Everything I say is stupid. Well. Every decision that I make is dumb. Well. Now, this attitude is very unattractive towards the opposite sex. You don't say. So, therefore, <laughs> I do my best to pretend, and I will cut the question here to say, it's not attractive, unattractive to every member of the opposite sex, but to Jed's point, he made a second ago, you don't want to meet the member of the opposite sex right, that's attractive right, to. Right. Yeah. I do, so, I do my best to pretend and put on my best acting skills. But it is exhausting. Really? What do I do? Lee, why don't you start us off? Well, um, thanks for writing in. And uh, here's the thing is, you know, you're, you've tried something. You know, you tried, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to act this thing. We yeah. had a plan. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's my plan. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to fake it and see if I can fake somebody out on this thing. And so we commend you for trying something. Here's the deal. The reason that the acting thing is... Uh, so exhausting to you is because you don't believe the performance. Yeah. Um, that's the problem is what, what you've got is you, you actually have a lot of thinking problems. Um, it, all, a lot of these things are just, you, you just think the wrong things. You think the wrong things about yourself. You think the wrong things about the men in the world. You think you, you think you think the wrong stuff. And here's the deal is, is that you're actually in a really good place in that you know that your current, you know, your current mode of operation, it's it's not working. Um, and, and that's a good thing to know that what I'm doing right now is not working. That's a good place to be. Now, the question is, what will you do with being in that good place? Um, as, as somebody that, <laughs> as somebody that is a pastor in a church with real people who does a fair bit of counseling, I meet with a lot of folks who get to the place where they realize the direction I'm heading and what I'm doing is not working. And so then I say, well, are you ready to listen to something completely different and try something completely different? And they're like, well, try me. And I suggest something and they're like, no, I'm really not. I'm just going to keep doing the thing I know isn't working. <laughs> On second thought, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, let me just try it again. Um, here's the thing. I, I, I bring that up to say... That the next step and the next few minutes, as these other brothers line that what line out what you need to do, this is going to take humility, um, because it, it means you have to get to the place where you realize the way that I think about myself and the way that I you know my insecurities and the way that I think about the opposite sex and all that stuff is not correct. And so if I'm going to make changes, right. I have to start seeing things differently than I currently see them. That, that's right. the, actually the very most important thing. The most critical thing in the next few minutes is your teachability. Because if you decide I'm, te- I'm going to be teachable and I'm going to be humble as I start this process, then there's no ceiling for how good it can be. But if the thing is, no, I see myself correctly and my insecurities are probably true and, you know, the way that I see the world is right, well, then nothing is ever really going to change on this. So, we're, and, you know, my, my biggest plea to you is you realize that it's not working where you are. That's awesome. 
Now, let's decide to be teachable and humble as we look at this stuff. A, a couple of real quick hits, and I just want to send it around, is, and, and these, are, these are some true things that you don't believe currently about the world and about yourself. One, not every guy likes the exact same type of girl. Yep. That is an absolutely true thing that you absolutely do not believe. You believe that every single guy likes the exact same shaped girl who's the exact who has the exact same kind of hair and the exact same kind of whatever, voice, body, whatever, smile, whatever it is. You currently believe that every guy likes the kind of girl that you are not. When the truth is, they don't. Not every guy likes the same kind of girl. Everybody's got different tastes. There's there's a guy that likes whatever you've got going on. That's another true thing that you do not currently believe. Um, you're not like anyone else, and that's awesome. That's a very good thing. That's a true thing that you don't believe. What the 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 program that you need to get on right now because you've got you've got thinking problems that are holding you back completely is that you need to start recognizing negative thoughts about yourself and out and out rejecting them and replacing them with something true. That needs to be a process and maybe for you uh, you might be kind of you might be the kind of learner where that process needs to actually physically happen with a journal and a pen in your hand. And when you have a negative thought, you write it out, look at how ridiculous it is and then refute it. You know, so it's like every decision I make is dumb. Okay, write that down. Look at it and say, actually that pair of shoes I bought last month is really really pretty cool. And I really like that pair of shoes. Now, that seems like a small thing, but what it does is it just pokes a hole in that whole every decision I make is dumb thing. This yeah. is, a, this is a, a, a very small, actionable step that you need to start because this whole thing is a thinking thing. This, all these insecurities are just thoughts that need to be rejected out and out, and they need to be replaced with something true. That's absolutely right. And Jed, maybe you can walk us through an easy place to start with that of just challenging ideas as opposed to countering them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think the important thing is to recognize one of the key ways insecurity works is it poses loaded questions to you, right? So insecurity doesn't say to you, um, you're ugly and no one will ever find you attractive. That's, that's not what insecurity says. Insecurity says, given that you're ugly, uh-huh. do you think anyone could ever find you attractive? Like, if you if you worked hard enough, do you think you could ever fool anyone for long enough for them mm-hmm. to think you're attractive? That's very different. You're not as attractive as she is, so... Given that she's way more attractive than you are, yeah. do you think you could ever get a man the way that she does? Right, right, do you think right, that could ever work? Right. Insecurity poses loaded questions. That's mm-hmm. that's actually what it does. It, it doesn't really make statements so much as it poses very, very loaded questions. Mm-hmm. And it's looking for you to respond to them. It's looking to send you on errands, right? And, and have you... Um, you know, do it favors. That's that's the way that it works. The key thing is don't have insecurities argument. Let me right. repeat that. Don't have the argument that insecurity wants you to have. Right. When it says, yeah. given that you're not attractive, do you think you could ever land a man? Um, we need to start. I take nothing that you say as a given. Um, you say, given that I'm unattractive, I call nonsense. Yeah. I call right. BS, which means biblically specious. Ah, I believe Glenn came up with that joke. I think so. I'm calling nonsense on that first part that you said. So, you know, given that you're unattractive, you think you ever land a man. Nonsense. I'm I'm not having this discussion because I disagree with the place you started. That's right. You started by saying, given that I'm unattractive, I don't agree with that. Right. Um, Now, 
Maybe I don't know how attractive I am or am not. Maybe I don't have a strong sense of that. But what I'm certainly not doing is just buying into you are unattractive. Now, here's my argument based on that. Uh, You know, uh, the idea that only quality, only attractive people have quality relationships makes absolutely no sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, I think Lee said it, and it's so true. We have to come to terms with the idea that we could feel something and we could feel it so strongly and it could be completely false. I mean, just not Mm -hmm. in any way tethered to reality because that's, that's what insecurity is capitalizing on. It says, given that you're unattractive, do you think you could ever land a man? Emotionally, you feel like that given is true. Mm-hmm. You say, you know what? I do feel unattractive, so I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll give you a pass on that. The way out really is built on the back of saying, I'm not going by my feelings. Right. I'm not letting my feelings tell me what is or is not true. I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm just not going to do that. Um, I think what's before us, and, and again, this is, this is an odd thing, but it, it's kind of a through line on all three of our questions uh, this week is to imagine for yourself if you woke up tomorrow and the insecurities weren't there. You you just weren't concerned about whether or not you were attractive. It's not that you woke up tomorrow and you thought, I'm the most attractive person in the world. But you just woke up tomorrow and you just weren't concerned about it. Am I, am I not? Who cares? Doesn't, right. doesn't matter. What would you do with yourself? What would you do differently? If you woke up tomorrow and you weren't concerned about whether or not your decisions would be dumb, because everybody makes dumb decisions sometimes. There's, there's no such thing as a person who only makes good decisions. But you just, I'm just not concerned about whether or not they'll be dumb. What would you do? What, where would you go? What kind of life would you live? Where would you go to school? What kind of job would you have? How would you approach dating? I think you need to work through those hypotheticals. If I woke up tomorrow and I just wasn't concerned about whether or not I was dumb or stupid or you know unattractive or whatever you know it is, this is the kind of life that I would live for myself. These are the kind of things that I would do. And then with everything you've got, you need to start running towards that life. Yeah. You need to start making directions that lead, start making decisions that lead in that direction. And here's why. Every insecure person that I counsel and deal with, their plan is I'm going to wait till these feelings go away and then I'm going to change things. Yeah. I'm going to wait till I don't have these feelings. And that's everything I'm going to put into is to try to make these feelings go away. And then I'm going to do, figure it out from there. That will not work. That has not ever worked. That cannot work. The way forward is to say, I do have these feelings these feelings are not an accurate representation of reality. Nice. Therefore, I am walking forward in things I know and believe to be true and good and right, and I will let my feelings catch up or not in due season. But I am moving forward. I am working a plan. I am making changes. I am living a new kind of life. That's, that's actually the only way to move forward. And again, that's true for this question. It's true for all three of the questions that, that we've looked at this week. Here's the last thing I'm going to say before I, I throw it to Glenn, or actually before I throw it to Matt, who will throw it to Glenn. Because I'm the host. You are the host. <laughs> I have a very important job on the podcast. Here's the last thing. You can do this. You can fight back. You mm. can say to your insecurities, I do not grant your premise. That's right. Um, yeah. My feelings do, but I am not my feelings. That's right. I do not grant your premise. I can set a plan for myself. I can get wise counsel from the Lord, from mentors, from friends and brothers and sisters. I can set a wise and smart and strategic plan. I can follow that plan no matter what my feelings say. I can get up tomorrow and do that. You can. You can do that. You can do that one step at a time. You can transform your life. If you start walking that journey in a month, you will feel different. I guarantee it. 
In six months, you won't remember what you felt like six months ago. In a year, you won't recognize the person that you right. are today. Right. But it begins with saying, I am no longer letting my feelings tell me what is true in my life. That's absolutely right. I want to throw to Glenn on this. And Glenn, something you said when we talked about insecurity in the past is, is there's a really good point is the only thing to do is to not wound it, but kill it. Right. Can you tell us exactly what you mean by that in, resu- in regards to insecurity? Yeah. Here's the thing is, uh, let's be honest about insecurity. Um, it wouldn't be so hard to get rid of if you really hated it. Yeah. You say you hate it, you feel like you hate it, you know it's holding you back, you know it's screwing up your life, screwing up all the relationships you have with all the people around you. But that ought to be ample motivation to get rid of it. It's not. It's not. Why is that? Well, you know, if I'm super insecure, then I don't really have any expectations on me, do I? Yep. I mean, I can't accomplish things. Look how insecure I am. It's a cop out. It's a it's an excuse of how to to not yep. you know, I'd I'd ask that guy out, but I'm totally insecure. Yep. Uh, I don't want to give up my excuse for for you know it goes back to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier in the episode about cowardice. You know, yep. it's, it becomes a, a get out of jail free card on everything I don't want to do. Therefore, a lot of times we're only fighting this insecurity battle about halfway. Yeah. It gets to the point where it's choking the life out of everything. I say, well, you know, I really ought to tone it down. And then we wound it, and then that's it. And it comes back just as strong, just as bad. But you have to understand how insecurity works. Insecurity spreads. Yep. It's a virus, okay? Think of it like this. If you got a house... And you look and you notice that termites are eating your house. I mean, not just a termite. A colony of termites. Has moved in. Has moved in. It makes no sense whatsoever to look at that situation and say, you know, probably I should cut down on the number of termites. You don't think that way. Yeah. You don't say, one of these days, I should deal with the termite thing. Right. The only correct. I'm going to negotiate with these termites. Yeah. The only way to look at the termite thing is it will start from here forward. It will keep getting worse, unabated, if left uh, untouched. Mm-hmm. If I wound it, it will slow it down, and then it will pick right back up where it carried on and keep going. I can just keep wounding it. I can keep, you know, limiting the action of these termites. termites. But eventually, they'll eat through the whole house anyway, sure. so it doesn't matter. Eventually, uh, insecurity kills and destroys everything that it touches. You Insecurity is catching, as we've said often on the podcast. You can sit down with an insecure person, and you can talk with them, tell them how you're doing, and then, then they start talking, tell you how they're doing, and then they'll look up and say, oh, I've been talking for so long, I guess I am sound like a real jerk. The next thought in your mind is, Wait, I talk longer than they did. Do they think I'm a jerk? Do they think I'm a jerk? You've just caught their insecurity. Boom. Yeah. That That's what insecurity does. It just spreads like a dang virus from person to person. It spreads within your own thought process, whatever. So the only logical way to approach insecurity is to recognize within yourself, either I'm wounding it, which means I know it's getting worse. Right. And I know I'm not solving it. And I'm not... I, it, it's 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 either that, or I'm taking every insecure thought in my head, I'm laying it down, 
in a big pile in my backyard. I'm just piling all those insecure thoughts. I am dousing them with gasoline. I am burning them to the ground. I am taking it and reducing it to a pile of ashes. Then I piss on the ashes. Then I lay cement over it. I lay down a hardwood floor. I put on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, and I dance over the ashes of my insecurity (laughs) as a bold and confident human being. Sure. That's when I have completed the process of dealing with insecurities, when I am bold, confident, and self-assured. Right. Everything else is wounding it and allowing it to continue to just sort of go on underneath the scenes. We have to have this all-out nuclear attack mentality on insecurity. Uh, otherwise, it just kind of keeps coming back. And, uh, you know, that's... Um, uh, th- that's uh, so in- unfortunate in a sense in that there's lots of things that, you know, can be solved in, in an easier fashion than that. But I think it's important for us to recognize uh, when it comes to insecurity, not only will this mess you up, but it will mess up, as you're saying, the relationships that you're trying to have. It's about recognizing exactly as Leah's saying, these things are lies. You don't, you don't compromise with a lie. You don't believe a little bit of a lie or whatever the thing is. You say in your question, everything I do is wrong. Everything I say is stupid. Every decision that I make is dumb. If that's the case, you're not insecure. You just suck. <laughs> okay? And, and the problem is you need to deal with sucking. Yes. You are a very self-aware person who is very aware of how much they suck. And I celebrate that. I I don't think I'll be putting this particular quote up on the blog this week. (laughs) Uh, But I know you don't believe that's true. Sure. Mm, If you say, I'm insecure, and the next thing you say is, everything I do is wrong, everything I say is true, you're giving me the transcript of your insecurity. You know, your insecurity is saying everything you do is wrong, everything you... Says to, but I'm reading that out of what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading that you don't actually think you're because people stupid. who everything they say is stupid, they don't know it's stupid. Yeah, that's right. Donald yeah. Trump thinks he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. If you have that right. brain there, thinking oh, that's probably a stupid thing. They, that's different. That's yeah, insecurity. Exactly right. You know, the, you're, you know, it, you know, this is a lie. If you're, if you're, if you're telling us that you're insecure, then you know these things are are lies. But you have to call it a lie. As, as yeah. Jed is pointing out, you jab your finger in that and say, jab your finger at that and say i don't accept that i don't believe that i i rejected this premise i reject this talk i only want to hear from god on this i don't want to hear a single word from my insecurities not a single word and i'm not going to cheat that my insecurities like a puzzle that needs to be solved where i need to go through the details of every insecure thought and try and work that out i need to just like i'm saying here burn it to the ground and say god you tell me who I am, what it is, what it, am I a failure? Am I a, appealing to the opposite sex? Am I doing a good job at being the kind of person you created me to be? What do I need to do to improve? What do I need to fix? And if you really listen to the Lord on that, instead of your insecurities, I think right away, as Jed is pointing out, you're going to be looking at a whole different picture. I think you're absolutely right. One thing I would I would pick up just on the end here is um, you've heard it through all three of these guys' answers. There's a lot of people who, um, as an excuse to, as Glenn saying kind of wound it, not kill it, clean their insecurity of, yeah, but, you know, I'm insecure, so I probably, probably means I work a little harder so I get better grades, or I don't want to be conceited, or I don't want to... Again, the opposite of insecurity is actually not um, egotism. Sure. 
the opposite of insecurity is a healthy self-image. Because, as a matter of fact, we as we, we mentioned, Brother Trump, earlier, sometimes the most egotistical people are the most insecure. It's just, as you're right. saying, the way they cover on it. So mm-hmm. we're yeah, not talking about, yeah. you know, we're not talking about going the other way and thinking you're awesome. And I'm, we're just, as Glenn's saying, we're talking about going back to zero and saying my my self-knowledge here is totally jacked up. So for a little right. while, yeah. I'm not going to trust any of them. I'm trying to build it from the, from the ground up. And I want to, before we close out, I want to go back to the idea of the acting performance. Cause here's the, this happens a lot. We've, and we, we've all done this. And we've seen a lot of people try it. There's a phrase that gets used in recovery a lot. You've heard us using this. This podcast is called fake it till you make it. Right. You did the first half, which is and the faking it stopped. <laughs> right. And right. a lot of people try to get out of fake it till you make it by that. Mm. So, you know, but here's how fake it till you make it work. I'm going to take it out of the insecurity thing. So let's say you go into a new church and they sing songs you don't know and there's you don't know you know when they stand up and pass the thing and whatever. So you go and you say, well, I'm just going to pretend that I know. I'm just going to kind of say, do that thing where I sing the first part of the word quick, then I catch up to everyone else we sing it. <laughs> and I'm going to do that for a couple of weeks. And then once I've been going a couple of weeks, I know. Right, right, right. And I'm just, the fake it part is just so I don't, so I, don't think, you know, I don't know what happens next. I don't know what happens next. You, you know, just, I'm just going to fake it. And then mm. you're get comfortable. But you have to make that, there's that transitional point in fake yeah. it till you make it where you got to go. And here's, here's why I bring that up. So you say, I know that this attitude is unattractive cool. to the opposite sex, which is true. But also one of the things inherent to that is I know this attitude, my insecurity is stopping me from getting the things I want in life. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I was a different way, it would be easier to get those things I want in life. So when you're doing your pretending, what are you, what are you what's happening? What are you doing? What do you like? Here's what I'm guessing. Unless you're Meryl Streep, and I like the idea that Meryl Streep listens to this podcast, but sure. I just don't think she's got the time. <laughs> it's probably, probably not sure. her cup of tea. So unless you're, you're Meryl Streep and Emma Thompson, unless you're a world-class actress, you are not taking on a different personality and persona and experiencing the world through their emotional landscape. What you're doing is focusing on the interaction as opposed to your insecurity. Yes. Your insecurity says... You're you're dumb and stupid. You're saying quiet insecurity. I'm being Tatiana right now, and I don't have time for you. Right. Yeah. Because right. Tatiana is confident. Right. And smooth. Right. But you're just you're doing what you would do if you were a confident person. Right. So now it's time to start incorporating that into your actual reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's where we get to making it. You say, you know, that day I was pretending that I didn't have insecurities. That guy made a joke, and instead of just fake, that wasn't funny, and instead of fake laughing like I would if I was overcome by insecurity, I made a better joke because I am a funny person. And then he laughed, and he likes me now. Right. So next time somebody tells a lame joke, you and you got a better one, instead of going, I don't know, my joke's probably dumb, and they're probably (laughs) not, just let her rip. Right. That's how you're, you're, there's nothing wrong with faking it as long as that is part of a larger process of getting to making it. Yes. But you can't just stop and yeah. fake it because as you point out the question, that will kill you. Yes. But, you know, as part of the kind of winner don't kill it and move on as we're talking about here, faking it can be, it's not always, not in situations, but it can be an important part of the process. Sure. And you're, you're, you're actually a lot further along than you think you are. You say it. You acknowledge that you are insecure. As right. I was pointing out that actually a lot of insecure people don't do that. That's right. You've acknowledged that's a problem, which mm-hmm. a whole lot of insecure people do not do that. That's right. And you've acknowledged that there are different behaviors that you are capable of. So one of the lies in the insecurity is, hey, I'm here forever. Right. You just got to deal with me. Right. 
I'd say you're a good 70% of the way to actually having this thing lit. Right. Which means it's going to double down on trying to preserve itself. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now Mm -hmm. is the time to really put the pedal to the metal, and we believe in you that you can do that. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take out a song. If you have a question for us, say at podcast at gmail.com, bridgechicago.tumblr.com. We talked a lot about kind of thinking problems and needing to think new ways. This is a song Jed wrote about that called Different. Yeah. It's a worship song, so we're going to take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. If I was going to London, I would go to downtown Abbey's and hang with Lady Mary. I don't know what that is, but I celebrate it.